Hello, party people! This is the Just Ideas Podcast. My name's Andy. I'm with Andy, and these are Just Ideas. In today's episode, Dr. Eric tells you what he discovered at the top of a Mexican mountain. We want to take a quick second and shout out Robinhood. Robinhood Financial is the zero commission free trading app that allows you to get invested in the stock market. Follow the link in this episode's description to claim a free share in a company like Apple, Ford, maybe even Tesla. That's Robinhood Financial LLC. Once again, click the link in the episode description to claim a share in a company now. One day, McIntyre Jr. is sitting with his dad and he goes, Dad, I wasn't even supposed to be home today. My friend Andy invited me over to record a podcast with him, and Jimmy was even going to come and help us run the computer, but Jimmy never showed up. McIntyre thinks, and he goes, Jimmy, isn't that the friend that launders his clothes in bong water? McIntyre Jr. is confused. He goes, what are you talking about? McIntyre goes, I guess I'm just trying to say I'm not surprised. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's <laughs> it, it's the funniest thing since uh you know medical marijuana came to uh came to Oklahoma. I go to like my kids um basketball game and like Meemaw walks by you and you're like <laughs> did someone keep Meemaw in a like in a shoebox filled with secondhand marijuana smoke for two weeks she's like <laughs> marinated in this stuff and she walks by and it's just like Phew, just rushes over you you know yeah Mima's smoking the ganja <laughs> and apparently mr mackleberry doesn't think that this friend jimmy is very ambitious no clearly not launders his clothes in bong water <laughs> so i have i have a story that uh let's start with something embarrassing about myself sure Okay. Great place to so, start. So when I was in college, I used to call myself Andy the American. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was this like patriotic sort of extra everything American is good and I'm never leaving American soil. Wow. What was I the, know. What was I the know. inclination for that? Because you're like, well, I, you know, I got this wild hair and, the, you know, the, the, one of the things, you know, that I, that I still worry about 40 years later is that like, you know, you can you can read and you can think, but you know, at the end of the day, you're always an idiot because there's something huge that you're missing, and there's things that you don't even know enough about to know you don't know anything about it. Yeah, how true. I don't know what I don't know. So there I was, being all, I'm not going anywhere. Didn't even consider going on study abroad, right? <laughs> and then I go become a professor. I do a little traveling. I go to Europe for six weeks. And of course, like every young person who comes back from Europe, right? You're all Europe this, Europe that. So and true. since my name's Andy Yurik, my friends start calling me Andy Europe to mock me, <laughs> right? Because I'm all sophisticated now. So there you How go. Funny. Double embarrassment, right? right? But anyway, I mean, for, you know, for whatever reason, I decided, you know, I, I hadn't traveled and I needed to, and I started going places. And I used to have this friend, um, Stuart Ferguson. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> I've lost touch with him. Oh. He was Scottish, though. He was uh, uh, Scottish, and he was getting a PhD in uh, biomedical engineering. A real fascinating guy. But anyway, um, what the hell was I going to tell you about him? I just lost my my train of thought. <laughs> um, We're talking about Andy Europe. Yeah. So oh oh oh, he would always mock me because he was a big camper. Okay. And I always said, I'm not camping. 
right? It's just like work me over with nunchucks, you know, and give me wet sneakers and I'll say I went camping. And, and he would go out into these wilderness things. And, and he also, you know, again, it's a long time ago. So maybe you have to be of a certain age, but, but these uh, experimental fibers like I'm wearing right now came <laughs> out about 40 years ago. And it was like these polyester, um, polyester based, you know, basically a fleece jacket. Sure. Was a new thing 40 years ago. Wow. That age. And I would always say, I'm not wearing any of these camping fibers. Like I'm wearing natural jackets, whatever the hell that meant. Right. That's right. So I'm very averse to it. Then I decide I'm going to get this camping thing over with. I'm going to go on the biggest camping trip ever. So I never have to go camping again. And no one can ever say, well, you haven't camped right. Right. So I decide I'm going mountain climbing in Mexico. Wow. With, um, some sort of outdoor adventure deal at the Colvin Center. I don't know if they had it anymore, have it anymore, but we used to have it in the old days. They do. They, put, they do? I don't know if they go to Mexico, but I think it's more like uh, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, this was like, this was like uh, Mexico, you know, three weeks in Mexico for $695. Jeez. Stayed in a hotel that was $4 a night. Yeah, no kidding. That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> it was, it was, and we're going to go climb a mountain. Now, are you, familiar with mountains like like the just the have you been up a mountain let me just ask you that uh not any serious mountain oklahoma mountains <laughs> right these are speed bumps yeah. so <laughs> so those mountains out in cal out in uh colorado the tallest mountains in the in the 48 states mm. are about fourteen thousand feet wow and you you may have heard of altitude sickness Sure. Um, when people, you know, some people get it 9,000 feet, just about everybody feels bad by 14,000 feet. Almost, almost everybody. So we're going down to Mexico to climb this mountain that is just about 19,000 feet. It's called Pico de Orizaba. <laughs> and it's Pico in southern Orizaba. Mexico. What's that? I was just repeating it. It's funny. <laughs> well, it's because, you know, I was thinking, how do you do a good podcast whenever you say, you know, you could say, yeah, I went down to Mexico to go to Pico Orizaba or I went to Pico de Orizaba. It's it so sounds like something's fun. going on, doesn't it? <laughs> That's right. All right. So we're going down to this mountain and it's about 19,000 feet high. So it's five, a mile higher than those mountains out in, out in out in Colorado. And I'm not I don't know a damn thing about it. Like, right. I didn't know when I went down there. I didn't know how tall those mountains were in Colorado. <laughs> I didn't know anything about it, except $695 for three weeks in Mexico. <laughs> I'm going to tell Stuart Ferguson I went camping. That's right. You're and I'm going to get my that. camping all over with. So we head down there, a group of 20 people. Yeah. Just about none of them are from OSU. They had to get people from all over the country, which is maybe why they don't do this anymore. Anyway, 20 people. Sounds like it's going to be a joke. But there were two accountants, two professors, <laughs> of which I was one. <laughs> Two lumberjacks from Montana. Wow. And 14 wilderness professionals. Wow. 14. You know what a wilderness professional is? <laughs> I know what you're going to say. I swear. W what am I going to say? Someone that smokes weed and walks outside. No, no, no. It's, a, it's, it's people who, I mean, everybody upgrades, you know, the job, right? Yeah. So it sounds like it's something impressive. A wilderness professional is a camp counselor. Okay. A wilderness guide, a park okay. ranger, you know, we've got a wilderness studies major at OSU and, you know, you study wilderness major, you get a job as a camp counselor, wilderness guy, whatever. Right. So these are people who work in the wilderness all the time. So we get down to the mountain and um, 
climbing it is is a little challenging. And uh, as it turns out, half the people make it to the top of the mountain. Half the people don't. Exactly. Ten up, ten no way. Ten up, ten didn't make it. At the top of the mountain, you find two accountants, two professors, two lumberjacks from Montana, and only four out of 14 wilderness professionals made it. How, how could that be? See, They're wilderness the professionals. Thing. They're wilderness professionals. This is their thing. Yeah. Right? This is like uh, you know some sort of sporting event where the baseball players beat the football players at football. <laughs> exactly. Actually, accountants and professors, it's where non-athletes beat the football <laughs> players at football, right? So, so I ask people over the years to guess, and, the, and, and it's funny how humans, we talked about this on a recent podcast, they're always going to have a reason for stuff, right? Mm. So you say, why do you think they didn't make it? And here's what, oh, they were overconfident. Overconfident. And then they say, well, they were bored. They're in the wilderness all the time, just didn't want to. <laughs> I'm like, but that's, it's funny to me because people always know why, mm. even if they don't know why. Right. <laughs> right. They think they know why. So that was, that was exciting to me. So, um, I'm going to so, give you a hint. Yeah, I was going to say, gonna I want to guess. I appreciate your enthusiasm. <laughs> so, what you're probably wondering, young Andy, yes. is could you have made it? And mm. the thing is, all of our listeners uh, and you, we, could, we can simulate mountain climbing right here at sea level. Oh, perfect. And determine whether you would have made it. Okay. And okay. I think after I describe the simulation, people listening will go, oh, I get it. Right. So here's what we're going to do. Um, if you've never had altitude sickness, it's a lot like a hangover. Mm. And, and, and if you've never had a hangover, you, you feel like your stomach's just not digesting right. Right. Got a splitting headache. You're lethargic. You're agitated, easily made angry. Yeah. <laughs> Last thing in the world you feel like doing is walking. Yeah. Sure. Very tired. Right. Yes. So to simulate altitude sickness, we'll start our exercise by staying up all night and getting drunk. Excellent start to a simulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we'll let people sleep for just the perfect amount of time to sober up but feel miserable. Like, let's say four hours. Four hours. So you wake up sober but hungover, right? Yes. And to climb the real mountain, by the way, you wake up at one o'clock in the morning because you have to be up and down the mountain before noon because weather comes in in the afternoon. So anyway, mm. um, so we, have a, we, get, we get our huge hangover. We sleep for four hours. Then to simulate climbing, this particular mountain was not technically difficult. Basically, you put two-inch spikes on your boots, mm -hmm. and you just walk for nine hours. Jeez, it's a long time to walk. So we're going to set up Stairmasters okay. in a walk-in cooler of a local restaurant. Oh, and whoever can walk on a stairmaster for nine hours with a hangover would get to the top. I love that simulation. <laughs> yeah. So, so the question becomes: Why didn't the wilderness professionals make it? Hmm. Maybe because well, you just took a breath. I feel like you're just going to jump in and tell me. Well, well, I'm you're excited. You're, I'm afraid you're going to guess right and spoil the excitement of our <laughs> podcast, right? Okay, okay. And you were actually you you were right there, and yeah. it goes back to the McIntyre story. Who are the laziest people in the world? Wilderness <laughs> professionals. They're looking for a comfortable chair and legalized marijuana, right? <laughs> All the states that have wilderness 
have marijuana first, <laughs> right? Th think about that. Colorado, Washington State, right? These are the Oregon. These are the yes. states with the wilderness. These are the states with the wilderness professionals. So the punchline of the story is it's ambition that gets you up in the mountain. Mm. The wilderness professionals were experts, you know, on being in the wilderness. They were probably in better in better shape, but they lacked the ambition. Mm. And they didn't lack the ambition because they smoked marijuana. They lacked the ambition. That's why they started smoking marijuana. Right. <laughs> so so it, it goes the other way. But the point is the accountants could make it up, the professors could make it up, the hardworking lumberjacks could make it up. Right. Uh, two of those, uh two of those wilderness professionals didn't even make it out of the sleeping bag to start. <laughs> They went all the way down there. You know, oh, you go to bed, yeah. they're laying in the sleeping bag and and they don't even try. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. So a little digression, as I'm climbing the mountain, um, you probably, um, you know, can't possibly see this in me, but people who <laughs> knew me before I became people skills, Andy, knew I was a bit of a complainer. I like to complain <laughs> about everything, not just life. Wow. And I complained, <laughs> I complained all the way up that mountain. Oh, <laughs> and the people who went with me, I ran into them 20 years later, like, man, you complained all the way up that mountain. I said, yes, I did. Just like life. I complained all the way up the mountain. So and funny. when you get to the top of the mountain, you realize there is no point. Oh, no. You stand on the top of the mountain about seven minutes. You get your picture taken. You try to feel good about it. Oh. But it's sort of like an A student getting an A. You just feel relieved that you made it and that you didn't fail. Right. And then it's time to walk back down, which you quickly realize is a pain in the ass too, right? <laughs> because it's not quite as hard, but it hurts your knees. And it's not just like, you know, coasting down like you're sitting on a toboggan. Yeah, toboggan. Right? Yeah, there's probably little reward at the end. You say, I already got my reward and now I got to walk it out. Yeah, and it's no reward, right? right I mean, and right. So, so here's my takeaway. Okay. Climbing the mountain is like living your life. Oh, no. <laughs> when you're done, you're dead. <laughs> right? I mean, like that's the top of the mountain is you're dead. So the day before you die, you're like, hot damn, I made it. Yeah. You know? So the key, of course, is to enjoy the climb. Mm. And hopefully a lot of our podcasts are about enjoying the climb because a lot of ambitious people, you know, have, you know, sacrifice, have a rough day, just keep going with the idea that you're going somewhere you're that going. you'll be happy when you get there. And you're saying no, <laughs> no. And I'm one of those guys. Like I'm, I'm one of those guys who tends to do that. And what I'm telling you is, I've been to the end, and there's nothing there. No good. <laughs> no. I mean, the point was to to enjoy enjoy the climb. But of course, the ultimate point is that um, the, you know the, the mountain climbing story is the story of grit, and grit mm. is to keep going even when you don't feel like it. Right. Right. And that is the number one people skill. Is good. Is, yeah, is the ability to keep going when you don't feel like going. It's it's the single best predictor of success in life. Perseverance and passion for long-term goals. Wow. Wow. Well, if anyone ever tells you you're complaining too much, just say that's great and that's number one. <laughs> so, well, uh, well, no, no, no. So there's, there's two <laughs> different stories there. You can okay. certainly you can have a lot of perseverance without being a complainer. Sure. <laughs> I just happen to have both. Right? So yes. there were two lessons in there. One is don't complain. You're supposed <laughs> to enjoy the climb. So along the line, so the question is, 
our listeners are going to get up tomorrow morning. And of course, a few of them are going to jump out of bed early and get at it. Mm. But a lot of them are going to be lying in their bed going, oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. They're going to be saying stuff like this. I should go to the gym, but I feel like eating a donut. I shouldn't eat a donut, but I want to eat a donut, right? I should get up and write in my journal. I should do my stretches. I should, 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 right? Right. So here's the question, Andy. Do, do you feel this? Every You write, right? That's one mm. you write, yeah. right? And you do other creative things. If you made a list of every single thing you could do to better your life, there's resistance. Of course. Right? Of course. Yes. You'd think it'd be easy. It's another one of these things for our episode on We're Living in Hell. No, Why is it every single thing that's good for you Sometimes. is hard to do and there's resistance? <laughs> right. And every single thing that's bad for you is easy. No, I remember that shtick. It'd and be it's like, so true. if I designed the world, it'd be like the most healthy thing people can do is get up in the morning and have six donuts. Okay? <laughs> if you have six donuts, you'll be filled with energy, you'll have a clear mind, and you'll live forever. Amazing. <laughs> Quite the contrary. You got to not eat the donuts and go to the gym and torture yourself, right? That's so So true. the question is, where does that resistance come from? Mm. So there's a book I was going to tell you about called The War of Art. The War of Art. Interesting. I'll write it down. Yeah, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Okay. And it's subtitled Break Through the Blocks and Win Your create Inner Creative Battles. So he talks about this resistance. And like all self-help books, it's 80% explaining the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and then 20% telling you there's not much you can do about the problem. But it is interesting <laughs> to have the problem characterized. Yes, of course. To work in another book reference, there's a book called, I think it's called Happiness by Will Ferguson. Hmm, all right. The premise of the book is that someone wrote a self-help book that actually worked. And everybody read it and got happy. <laughs> and once right. they got happy, their self-esteem went up mm -hmm. and they didn't need to do anything to feel good about themselves. So the cosmetics industry collapsed. The restaurant industry collapsed. <laughs> oh the fashion God. industry collapsed, right? That's and it's hilarious. really just being little insecure people with no self-esteem runs the entire economy. Oh. Right? So the whole world <laughs> ground to a halt because people... So, so, so I'm so not clever. trying to tell people that the war of art is going to cure all that ails you mm. but it it you know and of course understanding and encouragement is the way we slowly get better so i didn't mean to disparage the book but it, you know there's no there's no magic pill so here are some lines from the book he says resistance is any act that prefers immediate gratification to long-term growth health or integrity yeah. I mean, that's it, right? Growth, health, or integrity. The donuts, being healthy, you know, exercising or integrity, which would be um, your values and characters. You're tempted by the quick opportunity to be crooked sure. in return for ruining your reputation. And, you know, the, and the question, of course, is where does the resistance come from? And he says it comes from inside of us. And it, that has to be right. Yeah, right? it must. Inside us. And here's a quote I love. He says, resistance, it plays to keep, it comes to kill. Ooh, and it sinister. really does like i guarantee you've gone two weeks without writing oh yeah 100 percent. and you want to be a writer that's true <laughs> yeah and, and but i mean it's, it's resistance so here's what he says his conclusion in the book is resistance is fueled by fear mm. 
And if you can master fear, you conquer resistance. Yes. Yes. So, so I wrote a manuscript for a novel about 20 years ago. Wow. Never showed 360 pages. That's where is it? I want to find it. It's in a drawer. A drawer. <laughs> I'm scared. Don't be scared. I'm scared. It might be, I might be failing. No, allow me to encourage you. <laughs> I talked to a friend of mine and she said I should get it back out. And you know what? I got a lot of time this summer. I may get it back out. Please. After 20 years. Please do she that. She said I'm probably funnier now. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway. Well, anyway, so um, here's the thing. And, and I, we're probably, you know, getting getting to our time. But here's what I what I wanted to say. Because, um, you know, at the end of the day, we hope in our podcast, we give you a nugget that that helps you go forward, either understanding or performing. Right. Like we've established in other podcasts, you're probably going to forget 99% of what we say, but we'll get one or two, just like Maslow's hierarchy. <laughs> we hope. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so the question is, how do you fight resistance? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, do something, do anything. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the key to you to start writing is just pull out the laptop, type some words. You've never in your life pulled out the laptop, typed five words, and then stopped. <laughs> That's true. Right? That's true. Nobody has ever gone to the gym and then not gone in the gym. The hard part is going to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so it's just do so. So today I was, I was, um, today was drum up business day. Mm. So I spent the morning sending a few emails to people hoping to drum up some business. Right. Got, got a real snotty email back from a person who just really got promoted and, you know, thinks they're the president of the free world or something, but <laughs> I'm letting it go because that's a people skill. Yeah. Anyway, I was having trouble figuring out, you know, like, you know, here I am right, trying to write a short email to encourage people to remember me and consider re-engaging. So, mm-hmm. you know, I got four sentences. Every sentence needs to be wordsmithed. Right. I've put it off for quite a while because I'm trying to get the sentences just right. And I'm sitting there, you know, leaning back in my chair thinking, and I, you know, I thought about today's podcast, Just Start Writing. <laughs> yeah. So I started writing, and of course it came to me. Good. So here, well, first of all, do you have any questions about climbing the mountain or what we talked about today? And if not, I have, you know, sort of a big finish coming up here. No, I mean, I, all I was going to say is it's just so relatable, you know, and I, you'd think we'd work for Nike and at the end of this podcast, we'd drop their slogan, just do it, right? <laughs> because you're 100% right. There have been times where I haven't, pulled out the laptop and started to write. And it's like, I want to, I know I want to, it's a passion of mine. And then all the while it's like, okay, we'll get up at, you know, 6am and write for an hour. And it's like, Oh, but 6am, like that's early, you know? And so it's, it's just so relatable. Um, and yeah, you've, you've inspired me. And just like you said, encouragement and understanding, that's what I need to propel. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here is the final thought. And I got this somewhere. I don't even know where I got it, but action isn't just the result of motivation. It's the cause of it. Action is the cause of motivation. It's not. In other words, action, you don't get action because of motivation. Mm. When you create action, you get motivation. Okay. It's kind of like right? pushing a stone down the hill. It starts to get some well, momentum. Well, it's like, you, like when you start writing, 
you yeah. find the motivation to write. When you just get to the gym, you find the motivation to go to the gym. Yeah. And what you know, and since we're we're always talking about the game of life, and we're hoping that the average American is you know going to play the game of life very well, so we can live in a good country. Mm-hmm. If you wonder what do I need to get motivated, the answer is some action. Right. Some if action. you just start something you get something going and that's the endorphins and the dopamine going from playing the game of life. So if you've got a list of things that move the ball forward and you do a couple of things on the list, you get the incentive to get more things done. So I didn't just send out one email pitching business after it being on my to-do list for six weeks. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I sent out five emails to drum up business because once I did one, I got the motivation to do the others. Sure. That makes all the sense in the world. So there you go. Action isn't just the result of motivation. It's also the cause of motivation. Action brings motivation. I love it. That's something to something for all of us to take home with us. I really appreciate that. And I think that's it for this episode and for Just Ideas. My name's Andy and that was Andy. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Just Ideas. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.